Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, over the years, I've revisited a lot of old ideas. You know, sometimes my mindset deviates from, you know, long-held beliefs. Other times, it's a permanent shift. And still other times, it's just long enough for me to realize that my newfound love for something just isn't me being my, what do they call it, my authentic self. Rather, it's sort of an infatuation of sorts based on an idea that doesn't really represent what I believe in. One of our recent projects, or products I should say, which really brings this idea home, were these sachets of selected crushed botanicals intended to create some of the effects of a botanical method aquarium without the, quote, hassle of using botanicals in your aquariums. It was different than the usual, you know, teabag type products out there because our formulation uh, was from botanical materials, not simply crushed leaves like everybody else was marketing at the time. And it seemed like a really good idea at the time. A lot of hobbyists wanted a tinted aquarium, as they call it, without the decomposing materials and all that their use entails. We had, you know, really sexy packaging and we had a great name for it. We called it shade because it was, you know, shades of color. And it sold out quickly several times, as many of you are probably aware. Uh, our supplier in Southeast Asia who made it you know, for us to our specs was, was thrilled. Stores wanted to stock it. As a marketer, I was super pleased. But something about it always sort of bothered me. It somehow felt, I don't know, dirty. I mean, it was a cool product, I guess, but it kind of went against some of the very principles I've preached for years. And because ours was made from botanicals, not leaves like everybody else's, the results, i.e. color effects, were highly variable. And quite honestly, they were rather inconsistent from batch to batch. Too inconsistent for a product designed to be a quick fix, as they say. And why the hell was I offering a quick fix product anyway? So the last time it sold out, I decided to wait before restocking it and wait even longer. Then I really thought about it during my, you know, sabbatical over the last six or so months. And I decided to retire it, to kill it. Well, why? Because it was a hack. You know that historically, I have a great disdain for hacks in our hobby. Sometimes our shared progression and experience makes me think about my own personal rules and directives. Pushing outwards has really helped me grow in the hobby. Every once in a while, I'll have a friend you know, contact me about something that, you know, I'm missing out on or some new thing that's going to change the game or maybe even be an existential threat to tannin aquatics. And, you know, I certainly appreciate that when my friends reach out to me, but it's okay. As I've learned over the years, particularly in recent months, the biggest threat to tannin really is is me. (laughs) Of course, as part of my due diligence as a business owner, I do take note and check out the thing which is pointed out to me, whatever it might be, and see what it's all about. And to be honest, nine times out of 10, it's usually a link to a, a new vendor who sells some of the same stuff we do, or, but you know, is making outrageous claims about the efficacy of what, they, what their products do. Or maybe it's a link to a, a forum discussion about people collecting their own botanicals, which I've encouraged from day one of our existence, and I still do. Or maybe it's a discussion about using some extract or solution to create, you know, quote, black water uh, easily as an alternative to leaves or whatever, a, a hack of some sort. Hacks. Yuck. And the products, well, usually they're nothing that novel. Same stuff, just perhaps with a cool name or packaging, you know, like shade. <laughs> of course, these products, often extracts and additives, almost always tend to be 
derivations of things we've done for generations in the hobby. And they're no better or worse than the idea of tossing leaves and botanicals in the aquarium in terms of what they appear to do on the surface, in terms of coloring the water, which apparently is the big deal. And it almost always seems to me that these solutions are simply an alternative of sorts, generally one which requires less effort or process to get some desired result. Of course, they also play into one of the great aquarium hobby truisms of the 21st century. We hate waiting for stuff. We love hacks and shortcuts. We're impatient. Me, I'm about the process. My philosophy is that the aesthetics always follow the function of what we do in the botanical method. And I'm really fucking patient. I've had tanks sit with leaves and substrate for months before adding the fishes I've been looking for. I've also pre-stocked botanical method in reef tanks with microorganism cultures and let them stay fishless for months while a population assembled itself. I'm okay with that. I'm not impatient. Impatience is, I suppose, part of being human, but in the aquarium hobby, it occasionally drives us to do things that, although are probably no big deal, can become a sort of barometer for other things which might be of questionable value or risk. You know, well, nothing happened when I did that, so if I do this, yeah. Or they can cumulatively become a big deal to the detriment of our tanks. Others are simply alternatives and are no better or worse than what we're doing with botanicals, at least upon initial investigation. Yeah, most of these solutions and teas and tea bags like shade, although I suppose they are seen by many as an alternative, are really just hacks. Now, for a lot of reasons, I fucking hate most hacks that we use in the hobby. To many, hacking implies a sort of an inside way of doing stuff, a workaround of sorts, a term brought about by the internet age to justify doing things quickly and to eliminate impatience because we're all so busy. I think it's sort of a sad commentary on the prevailing mindset of many people. We all need stuff quickly. We want a shortcut to our dream tank. Personally, I call it, I don't know, cheating. Yeah, with what we do, a hack really is trying to cheat nature, speed stuff up, make nature work on our schedules. We justify it by saying that it's an alternative or by reminding ourselves, as we did with Shade, that it's made from natural materials. Anything to make ourselves, I don't know, feel better about trying to do an end run around nature. It's a bad idea if you ask me. Of course, there are some hacks, like the one we're discussing here, which aren't necessarily bad or harmful. They're just different. There's absolutely nothing wrong with doing them. Yet they deny us some pleasures and opportunities to learn more about the way nature works. And we can't fool ourselves into believing that there's some panacea either. The idea just doesn't resonate with some of us. Like the use of botanical sachets such as shade or whatever. The other one that seems to come up now and then, or at least a few times a year in discussion, and is often, you know, proffered to me as, you know, rendering the botanical method aquarium obsolete is the use of tea. Yeah, like legit human consumable tea. If you haven't heard of it before, and I think we've talked about it before, there's this stuff called rooibos tea, which in addition to being kind of tasty, has been a favored tint hack for many hobbyists for years. Without getting into all the boring details, rooibos tea is derived from the Aspalthius linearis plant. It's also known as the red bush in South Africa and other parts of the world. It's been used by fish people for as long as, you know, as, as I can remember, for a sort of an instant black water extract. And I guess it has a lot going for it for this purpose, I, I guess, you know, for aesthetics anyway. Rooibos tea does not contain caffeine, has low levels of tannin compared to black or green tea, and like catapoles and other botanicals, it contains polyphenols like flavoids, flavonoids, 
Aspilathin, etc. All those kind of fancy twin-twisting names that seem to mean something to us. And it's kind of tasty too. Now, hobbyists will simply steep it in their aquariums and get the color they want and impart some of these substances into the tank water. I mean, it's an easy process. Of course, like any other thing you add to your aquarium, it's never a bad idea to know the impact of what you're adding. Like using botanicals, utilizing tea bags in your aquarium requires some thinking, that's all. The things that I personally dislike about using tea or so-called blackwater extracts or even botanical tea bags like Shade or the numerous you know, tea bag products that are out there is that you're mainly going for an effect without getting to embrace the natural, excuse me, the functional aesthetics imparted by adding leaves and seed pods, etc., to your aquarium as part of its physical structure, as well as the ecological support they offer for the, you know, to the microorganisms that form the microcosm of your aquarium. I mean, sure, you're likely imparting some of the beneficial compounds that we talk about into your water, but that's it. And despite anyone's recommendations, they're really uh, improvisational products. And what do I mean by that? It's like, there's no real way to determine how much you need to add to achieve whatever effect. Like, what concentration of what do they impart into the water and at what rate? Obviously, the same could be said of botanicals, but we're not utilizing botanicals simply to create brown water or specific pH parameters, etc. most of the time. We're using them to foster an underwater ecology in the botanical method aquarium. The tint part is a collateral aesthetic benefit. Nature herself determines how much of what compound actually leaches into the water from the botanicals as they break down in your tank. Yes, with tea, tea bags, extracts, whatever, you sort of miss out on replicating a little slice of nature in your aquarium. And of course, it's fine if your goal is just to color the water or to impart some compounds of indeterminate origin into the water, I suppose. And I understand that some people like fish breeders who need bare bottom tanks or whatever, like to condition water without all the leaves and twigs and seed pods that we love so much in our tanks. I get that. On the other hand, if you're trying to replicate the look and function and maybe some of the parameters of a natural blackwater ecosystem, like an agapo, for example, you're not going to achieve it by using a tea bag. It's simply a shortcut. And look, I understand that we're all looking for the occasional shortcuts and easier ways to do stuff. And I realize that none of what we proffer here at Tannen is an absolute science. It's an art at this point with a bit of science and speculation mixed in. There's no current way available to the hobby to test for X types of amounts of tannins, of which there are hundreds, or humic substances in aquariums. There just, there just isn't. I've not yet found a study thus far which has analyzed wild habitats, say Amazonia, for tannin concentration and specific types. So we don't even have a real model to go on. We just know that they're present in the water. The best we can do is create a reasonable facsimile of nature by utilizing leaves and botanical materials in our tanks. We have to understand that there are limitations to the impacts of botanicals and tea and wood and all this stuff on your water chemistry. Again, color is not indicative of pH or alkalinity or hardness or whatever. Adding liter upon liter of extract or bag after bag of tea to your aquarium will have minimal pH impact if your water is super hard. When you're serious about trying to, you know, create more natural black water conditions, you really need an RODI unit to achieve base water with little to no carbon at hardness that's more malleable to environmental manipulation. Tea, twigs, leaves, none of that stuff's going to do that unless you do much at all, in fact, unless you understand that. There really is no instant Amazon bottled solution that you just add to tap water and, you know, your real NA angels will spontaneously spawn as a result. 
Again, unless you feel that I'm trashing, you know, on the industry or product manufacturers, I'm not. I'm merely getting back to what made me fall in love with this stuff in the first place. The process. Yeah, the process. I'm sharing with you how I feel about this and being authentic to myself and my philosophies on botanical method aquariums. You know, the ideas that many of you share, the ones that brought you to our community some seven plus years ago now. I'm pretty adamant about it when I assure you that I won't stray off course again like it was shade. I won't pander to the mass market or try to jump on some trend. And I'll no longer offer a product which represents a shortcut, an abandonment of the process. It's just not true to me. And again, I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket on any ideas which we might have. I'm not trashing on anyone else's products. I'm not feeling particularly defensive about, you know people using tea or extracts because I sell botanical materials for a living. It's sort of apples and oranges, really. The hobby need not be an exercise in misery or a toil or doing things the hard way. It doesn't have to be that. It shouldn't be that. And hey, the whole idea of utilizing, you know, uh, concentrated extracts of stuff is something that I've looked at with caution for a long time and we've discussed here many times before i'm an equal opportunity critic i'll jump on our community for stuff we do too i'll even get on my own cases i have with shade yes one of the things that i do have an issue with in our little hobby sector is this desire i get a lot of questions about this a desire by many hobbyists to make use of the water in which the initial preparation of our botanicals takes place uh, as a form of black water tea or black water extract, as they call it, you know, when you boil your, your botanicals during preparation. Now, while on the surface, there's nothing inherently wrong with adding this stuff to your tank, right? It seems right. I think that in our case, we need to consider exactly why we boil or soak our botanicals before using them in the aquarium in the first place. I discard the tea that results in the initial preparation of botanicals, and I recommend that you do too, and here's why. As I've mentioned many, many times before, the purpose of the initial boil and or soak is to release some of the pollutants, you know, dust, dirt, etc., bound up in the outer dermal layers and tissues of the botanicals. It's also to soften the leaves and botanicals that you're using to help them absorb water and sink more easily. And as a result, a lot of organic materials, in addition to tannins and other substances, are released into that water. So why would you want to add a concentrated tea of dirt, surface pollutants, and unknown organics in your aquarium as a black water extract. And uh, dredging to a similar question, as I'm always asked, how much do you need? I mean, what's the concentration of desirable materials in the tea relative to the water? I call it tea loosely, by the way. Like with the tea bags, it's not an easy, quick, clean thing to figure, right? There's so much we don't know. A lot of hobbyists tell me that they're concerned about wasting the concentrated tannins from the prep water. I get it. I mean, it seems kind of weird. It's nice dark water. Why throw it away? However, trust me, the leaves and botanicals will continue to release the tannins and humic substances, which much less pollutants, by the way, throughout their useful lifetimes when they're submerged. So you don't need about worrying about discarding the initial water that they were prepared in. You're not wasting anything. Is it worth polluting your aquarium for this? I certainly don't think so. Do a lot of hobbyists do this and get away with this? Oh, sure. Am I being overly conservative? No doubt. In nature, don't leaves and wood and seed pods just fall into the water and do their thing? Of course. However, in most cases, nature has the benefit of dissolution from thousands of gallons and liters of water, right? It's an open system for the most part with import and export processes far, far superior and far more efficient 
than anything we can hope to do in the confines of our aquariums. Okay, I think they beat that horse up pretty good. And again, how much botanical materials do you use to get you know tint effects? Well, again, that's the million dollar question. Who knows? I spent a lot of years right here perpetuating this absurdity myself. So I'm at least partially to blame for it. But, you know, it's not just me. There are absurd recommendations that have been proffered by vendors over the years recommending using X number of leaves, for example, per gallon of water or whatever. And we used to do it too. I mean, it's kind of stupid actually because there's simply far, far, far too many variables ranging from starting water chemistry to pH to alkalinity and dozens and dozens of others which can affect the the equation here and make specific numbers unreliable at best, I guess. Personally, if I recommend certain quantities of leaves or whatever, it's more based on on concern of not overloading an existing aquarium with excessive amounts of botanical materials, which can decompose and create potential environmental issues more than any concern I have over making your water too dark or whatever. So how do you determine how much stuff you should add then? This might shock you. You need to go with your instinct. Go slowly. Evaluate the appearance of your water, if that was your main goal. Evaluate the behaviors of the fishes, the pH, the alkalinity, the TDS, the nitrate, the phosphate, or any other parameters that you'd like to test for. It's really a matter of experimentation. As I mentioned before, other than just a general tannin test that is available, there's nothing specific for aquarium use or for aquatic ecology that I'm aware of. And understanding, though, of aquatic ecology and basic aquarium water chemistry is invaluable if you're into this sort of stuff. Trust me on that. And you likely won't get it from a cute five-minute YouTube video or a hashtag-ridden Instagram post by me or anybody else. You'll need to do it the the old-fashioned way to do some research. And trust me, it's not that difficult and it's totally worth it. Am I a fan of intentionally tinting the water at all? Well, of course. I mean, this blog is called The Tint, right? And my company is called Tannin Aquatics. But I'm a much bigger fan tinting the water based on the materials I incorporate into the aquarium's ecology and enjoying these as a collateral benefit. The botanicals are going to release their contents at a pace dictated by their environment. And when they're in situ, you have a sort of onboard continuous release of tannins and other substances based upon the decomposition rate of the materials that you're using, the water chemistry, all that stuff. And most important, they become fuel for biological processes and the colonization of fungal and bacterial growths. Of course, you can still add too many botanicals too fast to an established tank, as we've mentioned millions of times here. Learning how much to use is all about developing your own practices based on what works for you. In other words, incorporating them into your tank and evaluating their impact on your specific situation. It's hardly an exact science, much more of an art or a best guess sort of thing than a science, at least right now. That being said, I think that our entire botanical method aquarium approach needs to be viewed as just that, an approach, a way to use a set of materials, techniques, and concepts to achieve desired results consistently over time, an approach that tends to eschew short-term fixes in favor of long-term technique. And it's an approach, not an aquascaping style. I hate when I hear that. In my opinion, this type of short-term instant result mindset has been what's made the reef aquarium hobby of late more about adding that extra piece of gear or specialized chemical additive as a means to get some quick short-term result than about a way of taking an approach or a methodology that embraces learning about the entire ecosystem that we're trying to recreate in our tanks and facilitating long-term success by supporting it. Yeah, once again, the problem with, you know, rooibos or blackwater extracts or tea bags or all those things I see 
is that they encourage a, hey, my water is getting more clear, time to add another tea bag or a teaspoon of extract kind of mindset instead of fostering a mindset that looks at the what the best way to achieve and maintain the desired environmental results naturally on a continuous basis are. A sort of symbolic manifestation of encouraging a short-term fix to a long-term concern. Again, there's no right or wrong in this context. It's just that we need to ask ourselves, why are we utilizing these products? And to ask ourselves how they fit into the big picture of what we're trying to accomplish. And we shouldn't fool ourselves into believing that you simply add a drop of something or even throw in some alder cones or catapolis and that will solve all of our problems. Are we fixated on aesthetics or are we considering the long-term impacts on our closed system environments? Sure, I can feel cynicism towards my mindset here. I understand that. This is part of my personal journey and like everything else, I'm sharing it with you here. These things just don't feel good to me right now. I'm not going to take tannin into directions that don't feel good to me. I'll refresh as tannin you know, sort of reemerges from my little shadowy sabbatical is going to be very different, perhaps slightly disoriented to some, yet it will be much, much more devoted to our founding principles and mindset, more focused, a lot more about the processes and how to achieve our goals than simply a huge array of every seed pod and leaf imaginable on the market. I've been there. I've done that. It wasn't fun. Yes, it sold a lot of stuff. It made a few dollars, but it just wasn't enjoyable. Rather, it's going to be more of a celebration of the art and science of botanical method aquariums as it will be an outlet to purchase stuff. Okay, I'm staying off topic a little bit, so let's try to get back to the, the meat of this one more time. Now, look, if we look at the use of extracts and additives and additional botanicals, for that matter, as part of a holistic approach to achieving continuous and consistent results in our aquarium, well, that's a different story altogether. Yet one of the things I've often been asked about over the years is the need for us as a hobby to deploy patience, observation, and testing when we play with botanical materials on our aquariums. I've eschewed even vilified hacks and shortcuts, and I felt and feel continuously that trying to circumvent natural processes in order to arrive at some destination faster is an invitation to potential problems over the long term, and at the very least, a way to develop poor skills that work to our detriment. Obviously, I'm not saying that the botanical method aquarium approach should be all drudgery and ceaseless devotion to a series of steps and guidelines issued by someone. I'm not saying that every teabag product is a joke and a ripoff of design for stupid suckers or whatever. No, no, no. That's even more frightening to me than the idea of shortcuts and hacks. Dogma just sucks, although sometimes I guess I go along those lines, don't I? But guess what? Ideas and practices do evolve over time as we learn more about what we're doing and accumulate more experience. It's why I thought that shade might have been a good idea at the time. It makes a lot more sense to learn a bit more about how natural materials influence the blackwater habitats of the world and to understand that they are being replenished on a more or less continuous basis than considering how to best replicate this in our aquariums consistently and safely. That's what it's about. So enjoy your tea bags, prep your botanicals, replace your leaves, observe, study, inquire, read, share. Remember, it's a hobby. You're building up an ecosystem. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And to truly understand what goes on in nature, it's never a bad idea to replicate nature to the best extent possible, even if it's not a hack sometimes. Yeah, shade won't be coming back. But the lessons it taught me, those are going to stick around for a long time. Rest in peace, shade. It was good to know you. And you look pretty sexy while you were here. Stay studious. Stay devoted. Stay authentic. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.